So what's more expensive is staying with your electricity company. What's less expensive is going solar. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mind Body Planet podcast. Super happy you've returned because today we are talking about solar energy. Woo woo woo! And we're actually going to touch on a lot about solar panels, and we're going to debunk some common misconceptions that people have around solar energy and solar panels. Some of the topics we're planning on talking about today is what is solar energy? How does solar energy work? What are the benefits of going solar? Are there any disadvantages if you go solar, if any? And then we're going to debunk some of those myths like solar panels don't work when it's cloudy outside, solar energy is too expensive, solar panels are bad for the environment, and things like that. There is no better person to talk to about solar energy than Carolina, who is one of my internet friends. We met probably like two years ago through TikTok, and she's super cool. She's got a sustainability and regenerative farming degree from MIU and has spent the past two years doing coral restoration in the Cayman Islands. Since then, about six months ago, she started building her own solar and sustainability business, and she's very knowledgeable around solar panels and all the tax credits that you can get if you do do solar on your house. So if any of these things are interesting to you, this is the episode for you. That's enough of me blabbing. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hi, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Okay, so we're going to start with this week's favorites. We're just going to hop into it today. I have one. Do you have any prepared? I do. I do. I do. So I just moved to Colorado for solar and uh, getting to see all the different like native wildlife. A lot of people don't have grass lawns here and they have um, like rock lawns. And so seeing how they do their lawns has been because I go to people's houses for appointments. And so that's been one of the most exciting things. I'm like, oh, look at these flowers. I've never seen these before. And what's this plant? And so that's been the most exciting thing <laughs> this week is the different flowers in bloom. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love native plants instead of like, I'm totally a proponent of just Xing lawns and just natural. Just do it natural. I agree. It's beautiful. I have one favorite for this week, um, and it's actually going to be house plants. If you talk to me like three years ago, I think any house plant I ever had just died. But I am a little lucky. My grandma is a part of um, like Master Gardeners. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah. 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 So she's a part of like the Master Gardeners. And so she actually used to be like, if you called Master Gardeners, then she would answer and like help you with any questions you had about your plants. Like that was something she did for a few years. So anytime I have plant questions, I just call her and I'm like, Granny, um, I love houseplants, but I can't keep them alive. Which ones are the ones that will will do good in my house? Because I'm so tired of them dying on me. Um, and now, now I haven't had a plant die on me in like over a year. And wow. like, you know, that's pretty good for me. It's pretty good for me. <laughs> that's exciting. One of my best friends is a Texas master gardener. So the program is really, really cool and goes way into depth. Um, so if you have a master gardener in your pocket, that's an amazing thing to have. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I, uh, it's funny, you know, as you get older, you learn more about like the people in your family. I guess as a kid, you just don't know or you don't realize or maybe you just don't ask the right questions. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, like that's pretty neat that my grandma does this or my mom does that. Grandpa. Well, Dads too, yeah. you know, the men. No, it's like we see our parents as just our parents and then we grow up and realize that they're just humans and they've lived full lives and have so many experiences that we never knew of until until we ask. Yeah, 
It's so true. It's so, so true. Do you have any other favorites you'd like to share? Um, I just moved into a new house with my bestie from fifth grade and, uh, we are pretty much thrifting everything. So going secondhand and really tapping into my sustainability side and finding, um, all sorts of like estate sales and Facebook marketplace is a wealth of information. Um, and also, uh, you, there's so many things that you can get on Facebook marketplace that are essentially brand new. And so I've been hitting up all the thrift stores and estate sales, <laughs> Facebook marketplace to furnish our house. So yeah, it's been a fun, exciting thing we've been doing lately. I love that. I wonder if the, like this season, like summer into fall is like moving season because my guest last week, Ale also just bought a house and she's also thrifting to fill up furniture in her house. And I'm like, this is a cool thing ever. Now I want to move. Yeah. I think August is like the, the moving time, uh, especially here in Colorado, but, um, yeah. So it's so much space to fill. <laughs> so we're trying to thrift all of it. So I think we're going to start filming some stuff of like how to, how to fill your house without spending a whole lot of money and uh, doing it as eco-friendly as possible. Yeah. I love it. I think so many people would get so much value from that. Okay. Well, let's hop into today's topic. So you are, I mean, you work with solar pretty much every single day. So let's introduce yourself and your journey with sustainability? Sure. Um, so my name is Carolina Margarita Doucette, but I go by Margarita, Carolina Margarita, because I think it's way more fun than my last name. Um, so my first introduction to, I guess, the eco-life was really my mom. So she's a lead AP architect. She's been working with green buildings. She's the one that taught me how to compost. Um, so definitely my eco-warrior stems from my mom. You should see her garden on the island. It's insane. Um but definitely her, she sparked the whole save the planet in me. And I went back to school. So I got a degree in sustainability from Maharishi International University. I picked them because they were the first university to have a degree in sustainability in the States. And there's a megawatt of solar. We have a wind turbine. The classes that I took, um, or the building that I took my classes in is all off grid. So there's no AC unit, nothing like that. It's all run on solar. Um, there's a solarium inside. It's a really incredible building. If you're ever in Fairfield, Iowa, you should definitely go check it out. Um, I know it's in the middle of nowhere, but. <laughs> um, and then COVID hit and I wasn't really sure where or what I wanted to do. And my mom moved back to the island and uh, there was a new coral disease that hit the island in 2020. And I just graduated and didn't know what I wanted to do. So I left and joined her and I just basically did coral restoration for two years. And it was the most joyful time. Uh, sadly, our oceans are dying. Yes. But I felt like I got to use my you know, farming degree and go farm underwater and grow the coral. Um, and then I got a job working remotely for a solar company and started learning more about solar. I think I had a lot of... Um, false information in my head, even though I have a degree in sustainability and I just thought solar was super expensive. And the only people that go solar are people who have money or who really care about the planet. And the more I dug deep into it, I realized, oh, that's not actually the case. And then I moved back to the States and uh, Colorado solar is really, really great. And I think people's mindset here are very different. And also your panels produce a whole lot more because there's so much sun in Colorado. And then I moved here and now I do solar. What a fun story. Thank you for sharing. I do want to ask, you say your mom lives on the island. What island is that? 
Um, the Cayman Islands. So Grand Cayman is the big island out of the three. Um, I lived there until I was about seven, and then we moved to Houston. And then my mom moved back about six years ago. And so um, it's not home, but it is home. Um, it's very, very near and dear to my heart. And um, I know everyone says Cayman Islands, but if you go to the island, it's Grand Cayman. Oh, cool. Can you please explain to anybody listening who's not really aware of like what solar energy is, can you define what that is? So basically, we convert sunlight to energy through the photovoltaic panels, um, which is basically solar panels. And then the energy creates electrical charges, and then that moves in the cell, and then that is converted to energy. You go from AC to DC, and then it's converted through your inverter, and then you're able to use it. Okay, so that is what solar energy is. It's from the sun, and then it kind of works by the panels absorb the sun, just making sure I understand this. So the panels absorb the sun and then they convert that into energy, which then goes to people's houses. Correct. Yep. So we're taking the sunlight, converting it to energy through the photovoltaic panels, and then transferring that through AC current, switching it to DC current, and then it's being able to be used as energy in your house or you're sending the energy back to the grid. So yes. So basically we're just taking sunlight and turning it into energy through the panels. That's so interesting. I feel like, I mean, I'm in Texas. I see some solar panels here and there, but it's not like overly common, I would say, at least in San Antonio and central Texas. So are those panels, those are the ones that you see like on the roofs of houses, right? Yeah. So you'll see a lot of um, like the blue panels with the grids. Those are going to be older technology. Um, The new panels that are out are all black on black. And so it basically... We don't have a TV in here, but it's essentially like an LED TV if it was turned off. Um, It just looks like a black TV on your roof. Interesting. I didn't realize that there was new technology. The technology hasn't changed a lot since the inception of solar panels. Really, it only changed once. Um, But the main thing is that the panels are a lot more efficient now, and so we can fit a lot more cells onto a solar panel. So the wattage of the panels has increased, but the tech hasn't really changed. So the only thing is that they're more efficient and they're going to last longer. Um, And that's why they look a little bit different than they do, like if you see the old ones. Wow. Okay. Well, any new technology or any new design is definitely better in the space, right? Because it means more people will be more likely to invest in solar for their homes and businesses. Absolutely. And it also means that you need less panels on your roof. So before those blue panels with the grid have a really low wattage. And so like our panels that we use are 410 watts um, that if they're south facing can produce like 800 watts, which is incredible. And so they're a lot more efficient. They last a lot longer. Um, There's now like criteria of um, manufacturers. And so our finance companies only allow us to finance kind of the top line uh, solar panels. And so that they know one, their clients are, they're going to last for at least 25 years, which they are going to last a lot more than that, but warrantied for 25 years. And um, they're a lot more efficient and the degradation is a lot slower. So at 20 years, you should still be getting, you know, 85% efficiency out of your panels, which is really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So what are some of the benefits of going solar? If somebody listening to this is interested in maybe putting solar panels on their house or maybe even just investing in in solar companies, what are the benefits there? So the biggest thing is that there's a 30% tax credit right now. It's called the investment tax credit. It was signed into effect last year um, by Joe Biden for 10 years. And so we have it until 2023 unless something changes. So 
30% on your total system is paid back in a tax credit from the government, which is really cool. Um, the company that I'm with, we also have a partnership with uh, America Wealth Financial. And so it's a CPA firm in California that knows how to use the tax credit. And so you can also write off um, depreciation and interest. So up to 50% of your system can be paid back in tax credits, which is really exciting. So that's uh, some fun news for people who want to go solar. Um, secondly, inflation and energy price increases. That's really a big one. So just like people see the value in owning a home, you're owning your power. So in Texas, for example, um, Centerpoint, they went up 16.5% this year and Entergy went up 10%. And that's pretty much standard. Here in Colorado, too, they've seen at least like a 10% increase in energy over the past four years. Um, because of all of these renewable energy mandates, all of the coal plants are shutting down, um, which means the energy companies are now investing in their own renewable projects like solar or wind, um, but that costs a lot more money. So for homeowners, truly, well, one, you do have to be a homeowner to go solar, to go solar but two, um, it saves you money in the short term and long term. A lot of the times we can get solar to be right around the bill that you're paying already, and we're just taking that bill. Um, like So, for example, one of them here is Colorado Springs Utilities. So we would take your bill from CSU and swap it for a solar bill. Instead of renting your energy forever and ever and ever, that's only going to increase because that's what things do. Or we're taking that, swapping it, we're putting equity in your home, and so you're paying off your solar panels rather than just renting your energy from CSU forever. So that's a big thing. Um, another one is that there's zero uh, upfront cost. So a lot of people think solar is super expensive. Oh, I have to pay all this money to go solar. That's not actually true. So you don't pay anything out of pocket. And again, it's just a bill swap. We're taking your electric bill and swapping it for a solar bill. If your home qualifies, if you qualify, and if we can produce enough energy to cover your solar or your energy needs. Um, yeah, so that's a big thing. A big thing. People think it's super expensive and it's really more expensive to stay with your energy company than it is to go solar. Okay. So we have a 30% tax credit that was yep. put into effect this year for 10 years. So from 2023 till 2033? Correct. Um, I think it was technically signed last year, but we have 10 years. Yes. Wow. Unless a new president comes in and, and takes that away. But so if anything changes with presidency, I guess I guess the tax credit could go away. Um, I don't see that happening, but you never know with government. So as of right now, there's a 30% tax credit, yes. Okay, that's really cool. I did not know that there was a tax credit. Because does this also apply to EVs as well? So the EV tax credit is a little bit different. Um, I know it has to be under a certain price point. And um, like I know Colorado has a new tax credit that's available in the state. And so I think it's just state by state. And then I'm not sure what the federal um, tax credit is for EVs. But um, but yeah, it's a tax credit. It's not a check back from the government. So basically, the tax credit depends on your tax liability and how much money you owe. And then that's how you get your tax credit. So you can use it over several years. Um, depends on your tax liability. So people who are retired, um, people who are on disability, you know, things like that, they may not be able to claim the tax credit. There are some creative ways that we can get somebody else who lives in the home to be able to claim the tax credit, but that's yeah, case by case basis. Yeah. Depends on the situation. That's interesting. Okay. And then the other thing you said that I think is really interesting is a lot of people think that when they get solar on their home, that it's a really large upfront cost. But what you're saying is that at least most companies, your company definitely offers it in a way of like paying back in the same amount that you would pay your energy company. 
Correct. So essentially, pretty much every solar company, um, because we all use the same finance companies, it's all roughly about the same. Unless you're paying cash, then obviously you pay cash and then your system's paid for. But um, there's no money out of pocket. So you pay $0 down. So the way that it works, it's a it's a timeline, especially here in Colorado, there's so many people going solar. And so our timelines can be like six months before their solar is turned on. So mm-hmm. essentially, we would come out, we would check their roof orientation, how much power they're using, create a design, see if we can um, fit as many panels, or fit enough panels on the roof to produce enough energy for them if they qualify, if their house qualifies. So there are a couple things. Um, you do have to have a credit score of 650 or above. We like to save our clients at least $8,000, which pretty much anyone who goes solar is going to save eight grand. Um, we also like to get them a uh, $5,000 tax credit. And then um, we have a minimum system size. So basically eight panels, which is kind of like industry standard. You can go below that. Um, but again, case by case basis. But yes, there is no out-of-pocket cost with solar. And the simplest way to describe it, it really is just a bill swap. So if we're taking your CSU bill, and this is solar, you're saying goodbye to your CSU bill, and you're just paying for your solar bill, Um, which this is so funny of me. This is my fully biodegradable chapstick and my fully biodegradable sunglasses. (laughs) Of course, these are the two (laughs) things I pick up. But uh, yeah, so there's no money out of pocket. And we're just taking the bill that you're already paying and swapping it for something that where you're building equity in your home rather than renting your energy forever. And again, energy prices are only going to increase with inflation and then all of these renewable mandates. Either the energy companies are going to invest in their own renewable projects or you put solar on your house and you actually get to send your energy back to the grid. And so if you produce um, excess, then the energy companies are now paying you, which is fun. Oh, because they'll, they'll pay you to access some of your additional energy to use on other homes? Yep. So essentially it's called net metering. So it's like a one-to-one buyback and every energy company is going to be different and they have different uh, net metering rules essentially or guidelines. But um, for every unit you send over, you're essentially banking a credit. So you're kind of paying the electric company to be your battery. So every electric company is going to have a, it's called like an interconnection fee or grid access. You're always going to be connected to the grid. And so you're sending your energy to the grid. They're storing it for you. And then at night when the sun clocks out for the day, you're pulling from your credits and you're using that energy. So technically you may not be using solar energy because you just sent your energy off to the grid and whatever you get back may not be solar, um, but you're still sending it back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. I, I'm not a homeowner. I live with my boyfriend who is the homeowner. So he handles all of that, um, all that info, all that extra jazz. <laughs> but I find that really fascinating. I didn't realize that there was a way to exchange that energy, even if you essentially own the energy that you have via solar. Yeah. So basically you're just, you're producing, um, so we size the system based off your yearly kilowatt hours and then your system's basically going to produce that over the year. And then it's just basically sending it back and forth during the day. If the sun is out in your home, you're going to use some of that energy, but then the excess is sent to the grid. And then whenever you need more at night, you're pulling from the credits. Do you remember like the old rollover minute plans on cell phone plans where it just, you know, continues to go over? That's essentially it. So during the summer, you're going to produce more than you use. During the winter, most likely you're going to produce less than you use. That's why we size it for the whole year. Um, And then you're storing your credits and using them like the next month kind of thing. Oh, wow. Fascinating. So would you say that there are any disadvantages of going solar? 
Yeah, we get a lot of people who are like, this seems too good to be true. What's going on? You know, it can't be this good. And it's unfortunately because not everyone qualifies. So you do have to have one, you have to be a homeowner. So if you're renting, unless you know your landlord or your landlord wants to put solar on it, unfortunately, you can't get solar. Two, you do have to have a credit score high enough because it is a loan. Um, so that's one of one of it. A lot of people really want to go solar and they can't qualify. Um, I had a client in Texas who was in a mobile home. She was paying $600 a month for energy. And this was in February. Okay. We're not even talking summer months. And she was on $1,200 fixed income and she couldn't qualify for solar because she didn't have enough income because she was on disability. And unfortunately for her, like it would save her so much money, but she doesn't qualify. So I think that's one of the disadvantages. It's not accessible for everyone yet. Um, Solar works for almost everyone. Um, but it really comes down to the orientation of your roof and how many sun hours you get and how much you can produce. So you say that it's it's not great for everyone, but it's great for most people. What are the select few people that you would not recommend solar for? Um, let's say you had a, a north-facing roof and you don't have any south-facing roofs. Your panels are going to produce less, so it's going to be more expensive for you to go solar. It's not something that I would fully deter them away from it. If we could do a ground mount instead, then maybe let's look into that option. But every person's roof is different, which means every single person's solar system is going to produce differently. So that's one of the things is if you don't have a great roof, it's just going to be more expensive for you to go solar. Um, Or your total amount is going to be more expensive than someone that has like a perfectly south-facing roof. They're going to pay a lot less. At first, I used to think that if they're older, you know, they're not going to fully see all the the tax benefits and savings from solar. But I've actually had a lot of older clients who are like, I'm not going to see the benefit in this, but I'm passing this house down to my daughter or my granddaughter, and I want to create a better world for them. So I think maybe a couple months ago, I would have said, oh, if you're a little bit older, you may not see all the benefits. But now I'm kind of taking that back because I feel like that's not really the case. And um, older people still want to benefit from it um, in the short term, and then, you know, pass that on to their family and, and do good while they're still on the planet. So that's something I've come across that I thought was really sweet. <laughs> oh, that is sweet. So sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, so question for you. Let's take my house, for example. So we have lived here for three years. My boyfriend bought the house in 2019, the fall of 2019. And our goal is maybe to move in the next two to three to maybe five years. If that's our case for our current home, is that worth looking into getting solar or is it better to hit pause and then look at solar when we buy our next home that we'll be in for a longer amount of time? Yeah, we get that question a lot. So if you're moving in six months to a year and you're going to finance solar, I would probably say no. If you're going to pay cash And if you have a company that has a Pearl certification, which basically helps with home appraisals, um, then sure, if you just have the money to do it and you're like, I know I'm going to get that money back when I sell the house, sure. Um, The best person for solar is someone that's going to be in the home for at least five years because you can claim the interest and depreciation for five years. And that's where you can get most of the system paid back in tax credits. So the ideal solar candidate is going to be someone that's in the home for at least five years. Um, If you're in the home two to three, I think that's really just a question for you guys of do you want to miss out on the small tax savings um, if you were to stay there for five years? But 
Zillow did a study that um, homes with solar sell like 17% faster and for 4% more. And this came out in 2019. So the prices have obviously gone up um, and it's more than that now. So it really just depends on the homeowners. If you guys want it, you know that you're going to get your um, investment back when you go to sell your house, as long as the solar company has Pearl certification again, and I can go into that later. Um, but yeah, I think that's a choice that you guys can just make. Uh, solar makes sense for most people. Obviously, the longer you're in the home, the more tax benefits you get. But um, the only time I really wouldn't is if people are like, no, I'm 100% moving in a year. And if they're going to finance it, then just, you know, give me your realtor's number. I'll put solar on the house when the new homeowner moves in. And then wherever you move, let's look at solar for the next house. So case by case basis. But yeah, I would probably say no if they're moving within a year. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. You talk about a Pearl certification. Is that a certification that a solar company would have? Are there multiple certifications to look for? Yes. So Pearl um, is like a third party stamp of approval, essentially. And so they only certify like the top 5% of contractors. Um, we're one of three in Colorado that have Pearl, which is really important. We went through like a six month vetting process and it's essentially our customer service, our installation, our warranties and things like that. So are we a reputable and ethical company? And historically, the biggest thing with solar is when you go to sell your house, your home isn't going to appraise for what the solar is worth. And so Pearl essentially shows the system, the costs, the warranties, all of that, and then like a low, medium and high for appraisals. And so it makes it very difficult for the appraisals to or appraisers to fight that. And uh, it helps with homeowners whenever they're going to sell. So it shows the value of their solar system. Um, but again, there are, I just learned this two days ago, there are 487 solar companies in Colorado. <laughs> and um, most of them are just sales organizations for installers. We we don't third party anything out. We all, we're all in-house. But um, yeah, and we're one of three that have Pearl. So I would definitely, definitely look for Pearl certification whenever you're going solar, um, especially if moving is on the horizon for you. If you're going to be there for you know, 10, 15 years, it may not really be important for you, but if you know that you're going to jump around. Also for us, Colorado Springs is a really big military town. So people are in for two years and they're out. And so for us, Pearl is really important here because homes with solar are just constantly moving and we want to make sure that the homeowners are being taken care of whenever they go to sell. Interesting. Okay. That's a Pearl certification. Yes. Can you describe what you would consider to be like the perfect, like the ideal solar candidate? Someone who just bought a home that is planning on being there for at least five to 10 years and has a perfectly south facing roof um, or a lot of land that wants to do a ground mount. Um, that would be like the perfect ideal candidate. Um, although pretty much anyone can benefit from solar. But if you have a south facing roof, you're going to pay less for your system because you're going to produce a lot more because you're going to get a lot more sun hours than somebody has a north facing roof. Okay. And this might be a silly question, but south facing versus north facing, is it just the south gets more sun? It does. So essentially, um, so like when you're farming, you farm your crops north to south because the sun rises east to west, right? And you don't want your crops to shade each other if you were to plant them horizontally, right? So essentially the way that the sun path is, the most sun is going to be on a south-facing um, south roof. So if you look at like LIDAR, it'll show you that the north-facing roofs are cooler than the south-facing roofs uh, temperature-wise. So south-facing roofs are going to produce more. They're going to get more sun hours because of the sun's path. Interesting. 
The more you know. I had no idea. I have like great, I'll pull it up later, but um, like it'll show you kind of where the house is and then where the sun passes by. And then it shows you, you know, why you should pace, place the panels in certain places because it's going to get more sun exposure. Interesting. Yeah. If you have the link to that, I'll drop that in the show notes for anybody who's interested in looking at that diagram, if you want to call it a diagram. <laughs> okay. I have another question for you. And this is for anybody listening who's maybe a little hesitant, a little bit of a naysayer, and or maybe they're interested, but they're like, this seems too expensive. Even though you've said that it's really just putting them on, there's no like upfront cost per se, but you're just paying off the panels as you live in your home. What What's your perspective on people who would say switching to solar is too expensive? Honestly, what's more expensive is staying with your energy company. Um, with solar, we have this little graph, but I'll make a little stair step. So let's say the average person in Colorado is paying about $100 for solar. Let's do some quick math. So we've been seeing more of like a 10% increase, especially in the past like three to five years, but let's just call it 5% to be, you know, on the safe side. So in one year, your bill is going to go from 100 to 105. Let's do year two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In 10 years, your $100 bill is going to be $162. So if we were to get you to go solar, essentially what we're doing is locking in that $100 rate and you're never going to experience inflation or energy price increases. So what's more expensive is staying with your electricity company. What's less expensive is going solar. So yeah, so that's really it. Um, you're going to end up paying more money by doing nothing and staying with your electricity company versus switching to solar. Um, that's why you've seen so many people in California. I mean, they're paying insane rates for their energy and people who go solar out there, maybe not so much after NEM 3.0, but before they would save like two to $400 a month on their electricity bill. Like that's crazy. Um, we just had one, um, I had a client close on Tuesday and they were paying $209 on like budget billing and their solar system is $70 less a month. They're paying $70 less every single month to go solar. So I'm like, now they're in an energy um, utility company that's a lot more expensive than Colorado Springs. It's about an hour south, but still saving so much money. And then it's the same thing. It's the same power and you own it rather than renting it. And that price is never going to go up. Interesting. Okay. So you're debunking that it's too expensive. Yes. And that's a big one. People automatically think, oh, I don't have the money for it. Oh, I have so many other projects in my house that I want to do before I touch solar. And it's like, no, you should do solar first. You're not installing it. We take care of the installation. We do everything for you. All we need to do is make sure that you're home on installation day and it's a piece of cake. It's not it's not a difficult process. Um, it's just that it takes so long in Colorado, again, because so many people are going solar. Once we submit a permit, we just have to wait and hear back from the utility. And there are a couple utility companies that can deny clients going solar, um, unfortunately. So even if they want to go solar, if the utility company says no, there's nothing we can do. Interesting. And that's just a case-by-case -case basis? Yep. For us in Colorado Springs, we have four utility companies, and one of them is called Mountain View Electric, and they're one of the only ones that can deny. And it's basically um, 
depending on how many people have solar in like certain little areas with transformers, they can only handle so much being fed back to the grid. And that's why. So when an area gets full, nobody else can go solar and they just move to a different neighborhood and then we just fill it up. And then once it's filled, there's not much you can do. Unless they do battery backup, then they don't need to have export because then they can just store it at home. But batteries are just so expensive and I typically don't recommend them. Um, unless people are like, you know, I want to be 100% off grid or they have somebody on life support in the house or, you know, they can never lose electricity, then that's really the only time I would recommend battery. Or if you're going to be high up in the mountains and you want to be off grid. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because we haven't really talked about a battery much and that's essentially like a generator, right? Like all of your extra power goes into the battery. So if power does go out via the grid, you have something to back up on. Correct. So if you have solar right now and you don't have a generator or a battery backup, you're going to go out just like everybody else um, because you can't continue sending power to the grid if it's shut down. Um, so you would have to have either a gener generator or a battery. So like in Houston or in Texas, we get hurricanes all the time. So people that went solar almost always wanted a generator because I mean, our power could be out for a week if there's a, a bad hurricane, which happens more than we would like, <laughs> and especially with climate change, more hurricanes and all of that. So um, generators can work off of the solar power, and then at night, it's going to run off natural gas. But a generator is um, a good solution for somebody who wants to have access to power when the grid's down. Interesting. Okay. Well, I feel like that was good. good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I typically don't recommend batteries because one, they're just a lot more expensive. Um, sometimes your batteries can be just as expensive as your solar system. And most energy companies right now have the net metering. And so you can send your energy back and forth. And so you don't really need a battery. Um, and environmentally, I mean, we're mining lithium and cobalt and all of that for our batteries. And so the tech just isn't there. I would say people who really want batteries like hold off for another five to 10 years tech is always changing and add it then because you can always add a battery to a solar system later. You don't have to do it immediately. Um, so yeah, I would, I would recommend holding off and adding batteries later. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Cause I forgot that battery batteries normally have lithium and, and things that are often not great for the planet cause you have to mine for them. Right. So good advice. Good advice there. I have a few rapid fire questions. They're really like myths that come to solar energy and having solar panels on your home. So I thought maybe we could kind of like debunk them together or really you, cause you're the expert here. So I have a few. And then if you have any extra myths that you want to talk about, just drop them in at the end there. Okay. The first one is, I feel like a lot of people believe that solar panels do not work when it's cloudy outside. False. You also still get sunburnt when it's cloudy outside. So there are less UV rays, but they still work. They don't produce as much as a super sunny day, but just like you can still get sunburnt, you're still producing energy on a cloudy day. Yes. Okay. What about solar energy is too costly? Talks about that a little bit, but. No. If you do the programs that are typically available through solar companies, again, there's zero money out of pocket. And all we're doing is swapping the bill that you're already paying that's increasing year over year and swapping it for a bill that does not change is fixed. And it's going to save you money short term and long term. What about people that say solar panels are bad for the environment after their lifetime is used up? So the panels that we produce now, like 90% of them can be recycled. And here's the thing, tech has changed. And so they're 
extremely efficient and they're going to last a lot longer. So even at their 25-year warranty, they're not going to stop working at 25 years. They're working about 85% of the amount that they did year one. So the panels that we're putting on your houses now are meant to outlive human life, basically. So when you're putting that panel on, you're not changing it for 60, 70, 80 years. Um, At that point, let's hope that we have even better recyclable technology. And then last but not least, does going solar mean you have to pay two energy bills, paying off the solar panels as well as your energy bill? Correct. If you can produce enough power on site, which will depend on your roof orientation, age of your roof, all of that, you are not paying for, well, you're just swapping your energy bill. So again, Rather than paying your utility company that's going to raise the rates year over year, you're swapping it for a bill that's fixed and doesn't go up, and you're not going to pay two bills. The only thing you're going to pay to your energy company is your connection fee, and that's going to look like grid access, interconnection, um, customer charge. Everyone's going to have it on their bill, and I've seen it range anywhere from $8 to $25, and so that's the only thing your energy provider can charge you, and you're essentially paying that for them to be your battery because you're sending your energy to them, storing it for credits, and then you're using it at night whenever the sun has clocked out for the day. So correct. If you can produce enough power on site, you're not paying two bills. You're just paying a solar bill and a connection fee. Okay. So it is technically two bills, but it's not the same. Like it's not the same amount. Correct. Yeah. It's instead of your $100 electricity bill plus your $10 charge, it's going to be a $100 solar bill plus your $10 charge from the utility company, but you're not paying for energy from your utility company anymore. Okay. All right. I feel like those were the myths that I had. Do you have any other myths that people tend to ask? I think the environmental one is, is a big one that people get a lot. Um, the two bills is something as well. Like I don't know. You kind of hit them all. Okay. Last but not least, where can people find you or your solar company, all that stuff? If you want to plug anything, this is your time to shine. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Carolina Margarita. Um, I currently sell for Glide in Colorado, so it's glidesolar.com. Um, if you live in different states, I can sell virtually for different installers, but you can send me an email at carolinad at glidesolar.com. And if you want to look into solar, let's see if you and your house qualify. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I feel like this was such an interesting, interesting episode focused around solar, but I do think I should have you on to talk about coral restoration because that's so freaking cool. I would love that. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And we have made it to the good climate news. Today's article is unique because it's not actually like a written article. This is going to be a video. It's about two minutes long, so it's very interesting. And the title of that video is France Will Help Pay for People's Clothing Repairs. France is now looking at reimbursing people whenever they choose to repair their clothes, all in an effort to reduce textile waste in France. So pretty cool. I'm going to link that in the show notes for anybody interested. And that's all I have for you today. If you like this episode, please, please rate us on Spotify and Apple. Leave a review. It really helps the podcast get discovered by new and other people. Also, I just want to give a shout out to Zoe, who is my new editor for the podcast. So thank you, Zoe, for doing this. You're a rock star. It's so nice to not have to do all this on my own. I have a little bit of health now, so thank you so much. And if you would like to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Mind Body Planet Podcast. You can follow me at Crystal and Geyer on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. So 
Love you guys, and I will see you next week. Bye.